So Halloween was just a week or so ago, and depending on how much candy you might have taken in, maybe you've got a cavity or two. This is probably a good time to get your teeth cleaned, and look, Green Mountain Dental Group is the place to go. It's where a lot of us here at DNVR go to get our teeth cleaned, go to get cavities filled, go to get any type of dental work done that we need. Can't recommend them enough. They're awesome people. Green Mountain Dental Group located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They're Denver people as well. They're Colorado sports fans just like us. Check them out today. They're giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush to any DNVR listener who schedules a cleaning x-ray and exam. So we all got to get our teeth cleaned. Might as well make a Green Mountain Dental Group and you guys can walk out of there with a free top-of-the-line electric toothbrush, a Sonicare toothbrush. This is the time to get your teeth cleaned, especially if you've been putting it off. Check out Green Mountain Dental Group today. Good times, good memories. I want John Calipari as my official hype man for my entire life. Elite hype man. Hype man, agent, whatever. My favorite was a couple, uh, I think it was Anthony Davis's draft year. The microphone, the, the Cameron mics caught him going like, now, when they call your name, you're going to hug your mother first, but then you're going to hug yeah. me or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> very like, like, oh my God. All right. Uh, <laughs> very, very, uh, very scheduled. Welcome in everybody to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm of course your host, Adam Mendez. Back in the old set today. Look at this. Back. I'm back, baby. I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, the two best colleagues, to be honest with you. The man with the wind in his hair, Harrison. <laughs> I'm hyped, guys. I'm hyped. Closing in on the draft. Got a brand new week here. I love the draft. Can't wait. I'm excited as well. Uh, also joined by Brendan Vote. Looks less excited just based on facial expressions. What do I got to do? What do I got to do to not get a comment on my energy level? I smile all the time on this show. You are a liar. I'm happy to be here as evidenced by the smile. There it is. By, as evidenced by the smile. Um, guys, so I'm excited because we are, as Harrison alluded to, we're getting closer and closer here to go time. And, you know, as we do during the off season, we, we like to let our hair down, have a little bit more fun. You can't five days a week. You can't do a show covering news of the NBA five days. There just isn't news in the offseason that much. But as we get closer, get a little bit more, um, you know, ready to go, more serious and more in depth into what we're doing. And that, and today, I think, kind of marks that point where we start to talk more and more about, um, you know, obviously Denver Nuggets specific issues and ramp up towards this draft, free agency, trades, all that stuff going on. Today, we're going to be doing our big board, our first big board. We've got, and by the way, when I say it's our first big board, there's 10 days left. This is going to change. This is not going to be, we're still in the process. Very fluid. Sort of, very fluid. Still in the process of organizing these guys where they belong. But to help us uh, with our big board and to help us really talk about the players that the Nuggets should be targeting, we brought in somebody who knows this draft much better than any of us and can help us prepare. He did his big board for at Denver Sticks. It's Ryan Blackburn. Ryan, welcome in, buddy. Hey guys, how are you? Thank you, thank you. I, I just want to say that I was a little bit disappointed with the fantasy food mock draft or the fantasy food draft that went on, but I gotta say, I went to Shake Shack on Saturday to celebrate, and it was awesome. It was great. So Adam, you you get a you get a win, get a win for that one. That was great. Huge dub, huge dub. 
if you, you guys don't know, but Ryan was actually contract, contractually obligated to say that uh, when he came yes. on the show. That's the only reason he's on right now. Adam actually bought his meal. Yeah. Show, so. <laughs> yeah. Venmo's in the description, guys. So, Ryan, you released your big board today over on Denver Stiffs. Everybody can check that out, denverstiffs.com. Um, you structured yours with everybody. I mean, LaBella Ball is on your list. Wiseman is on your list. Anthony Edwards is on your list. Now, you know, when you, everybody, the big, I guess that's technically what a big board is. You're ranking every single player available. But at what point when you get to your, do you feel like it's just unrealistic for the Nuggets to move? Up? I mean, I don't think it's realistic for the Nuggets to trade for the number one pick, number two, number two. But at what point in your mind do things start getting to where it's like, hey, man, teams are just going to value these guys completely differently? Yeah, so I, I wanted to structure mine in a completely different way that was kind of a mixture between talent and fit and how I think a player like that would impact the Nuggets. Uh, you have some guys who I think are, are lesser prospects, like a Patrick Williams, who is going to go in the likely 7 to 15 range, who I think Denver could trade up for that guy. I'm, but you also have guys... on my list. I'm going to talk about him because he's yeah. very intriguing to me. He's I th- he's he's got the body for it. and But then you've also got guys like LaMelo Ball, who I think is probably going to go top three, but we, we don't really know. Like If for whatever reason he were to fall to eight and Denver had like they had a deal with the New York Knicks lined up that got them up to the eighth pick, then maybe that's something that they do. I don't think that's likely. I just, I, with this draft specifically, I wanted to keep every possible outcome in mind because everything is topsy turvy with this year. When I was talking to on lockdown nuggets podcast, I was talking to Kristen peak of Yahoo sports and she thinks that there's going to be an enormous amount of trades. That's her. That's kind of what she's hearing, which is funny because I think, most fans, myself included, the default position was okay, short and off season, you know, for everything's crazy. Teams would be maybe more reserved, more, more conservative in this. She thinks the opposite. She thinks that we're primed for a kind of a wild draft night, which is, is always fun. I mean, it's fun when there's a lot of stuff going on. There's It's fun when you don't know if a guy's going to be seventh, 15th, maybe falls right. all the way to 19th. And I think we're going to get a lot of that today. So um, the other thing I want to say is we've now. We've been getting it, and I should say me specifically, I've been getting into the draft now over the last, really over this weekend, really really starting to go through some of these guys. My official position at this moment is that I actually kind of like this draft, in large part because I'm looking at it through the ends of 22. Now, if the Nuggets had the number one pick, I would hate this draft. It'd be really tough. But I think that this is one of those drafts where there's going to be players that get drafted 15, 22, maybe even 25, 26, that turn out to be players that you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. That guy's a really good role player, really solid guy. I just think this this draft is flush with that. Vote has that sort of yeah. yeah, as you've gotten into it, have you liked it more than you expected you would? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's almost a better draft to be in that twenty two range, I think. I mean part of it is is Denver's not necessarily looking at this draft like we need to hit on this pick to fill this hole in the way that some teams might, but I get the sense there are a lot of what I I consider now Raptors-esque players, right? Which are guys that have rotation-ready drag-and-drop skill sets. So maybe they don't max out as a star or a a franchise-altering kind of player. Um, But if you're a team like Denver looking to fill in the cracks, I think there are some interesting names here. Even if they don't play right away, you keep the asset train moving or you get some guys that are close approximation to player types that you may be saying goodbye to over the next two to three seasons. Yeah. Harrison? 
No, I'd agree. Uh, I'd agree. I mean, I would not want to be picking at the top of this draft, and I don't think anybody does, and that's probably why you hear about all these rumors about Minnesota trying to trade down, the Warriors trying to trade down, or just just every single player that's projected to go in like the top five being tied to those teams. That's usually code for they're not in love with anyone. Um, so <laughs> I, I would love I, – I, if I was coming into the dra- this draft – I think I would love to be picking in like the 15 to the yeah. to 25 range um, at 22. You know, I, I think there's going to be a, a decent player available. Like vote said, that's going to be that type of plug and play option. You know, maybe he doesn't have an all-star ceiling, but you know, he can be a really good role player on a good team. Um, but after that, you know, maybe it falls off a little. So interestingly enough, now you start talking about positions, filling need and, and this or that. I, for whatever reason, I'm in the headspace of part of it is the, part of it is what I think the Nuggets need. Part of it is what I think is most available in this draft. There's a lot really small guard feel, a lot of bigs, and I kind of like the bigs. in my list as we get into it skews way heavily towards bigs, traditional centers, power power forward centers combos, um, and I. One, I kind of get the sense the Nuggets are looking that direction as well. I've heard some talk that it was going to be card. I think everybody thinks wing because, you know, Denver needs perimeter defenders. But, a lot, you know, with where Denver is, you really have to ask yourself, can these guys guard your top wings in a playoff series in year one? And the odds to me are probably not. So maybe it's not as important to say you got to fill the need right now. Like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to help us beat LeBron James like here in, in four months. Like, probably not. That's probably not mm-hmm. going to be. I don't know if there's a player in here that you go, yeah, the LeBron stoppers arrived. Um, what about you, Ryan, as you go through this draft? Is there a position that you identify a little bit more, just a little bit more? You say, okay, this is probably where they can find value. Well, I think there's there's different ways to tackle that. The group that I had that I think they could trade up for is mostly wings and forwards. Is that group that they're probably going to have to move up for, say, hey, these players could be impactful, the Devin Vassells, the Patrick Williams, the uh, Denny Ad- Advijas, uh, guys like that. I butchered that name. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, going to be a lot of the, Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But, but there are guys who will fall to 22 who are in that big category. Like uh, you mentioned Jalen Smith. He may not fall, but he's in that kind of category. Xavier Tillman, uh, Precious Achua, if he does fall. Uh, and then there are also guards and that Cole Anthony, Tyrell Terry, guys like they're there. I don't. The way that I wanted to approach this draft was to find a player that Denver could play 25 minutes per game in a playoff series. And I don't now? think a back or before uh, or like a year from now projecting going forward, projecting like like in their prime could play 25 oh, no, minutes right. per game okay. in a playoff series. And unfortunately, with the guards, if you if you grab a guy who's strictly a backup point guard, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't know if that guy will ever do that on the Nuggets with they if they have Jamal Murray. I don't know if a backup center will ever do that if they have Nikola Jokic. So it's tough. They're they're in a tough spot that the the two positions that they've kind of entrenched the most are the ones that are the deepest in this draft. Well, let's get into this big board then. Um, the, the parameters for this, again, were guys were factoring in what it would cost to acquire these players. So obviously we could all have like Wiseman at the top of our, our draft or, or Anthony Edwards or one of these guys. But the truth is Denver's not going to be able to trade for those guys without giving up a major piece. They're just not interested in doing that. So we're factoring in where they project to be drafted, what it would cost to acquire 
within reason. Now, here's the thing. Some of these guys are projected to go 18, 19. We're going to count those as possibly available at 22. So we're not overthinking this too much and thinking like, oh, they got to trade up two spots to get them. If they're in the range, there's no handicap there. More Sound fair, guys? Sound good? Let's do it. Sure. So I thought about I'll start it. us off with my, my board here. And this is, uh, <laughs> this is less a science and more of a ballpark sort of order that I kind of look at these guys in. Sure. You mm-hmm. might be surprised. I think you're going to be very surprised by number one, number one here, Ryan. Big Jalen Smith guy. I like him. You just mm. mentioned him. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and here's why. I think he has two skill sets that I think make his floor a useful NBA player. I think he's going to be able to shoot and stretch the floor. I think that he's going to be able to protect the rim and block some shots. And there's other skills that I think you can – hope he can grows he grows into to be able to become more versatile more useful but i just think he's an nba player that has a base that they can build off of i don't know that he would be a guy that would come in and play next year a whole lot he'd probably be a guy that has to like develop a little bit but he needs some strength i also look at his frame i love his frame so i guess we should probably go over just a little bit about him out of maryland um Really, really tall, can shoot the, can the jumpers, but compared to Miles Turner, Serge Ibaka, that sort of mold of a guy that rim protects, can block a lot of shots, but also can uh, uh, has like good form, good good sort of like fluidity in his movements, and, and just kind of doesn't does looks like a more fluid athlete than your traditional big. So he's high on my list, that, and that was the reason I had him up there. Um, you were shaking your head as soon as I said it, Ryan. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your your, your rebuttal. Well, it's just funny is the principle that I had in this draft was to to not get a guy who I think projects as a backup center or a backup point guard. And I think he projects as a backup center. I think that's that's the guy who you want to like. I think he's actually better as a plug and play guy and he might be able to contribute in his first season because he he fits that mold really well. He would be like a Nikola Jokic in that you're running pick and pop with him. And then he spaces the floor out at the top of the key. And, and that would be a good role for a guy like that while also project while also protecting the rim. Yeah. I don't think he can play next to Jokic, though. And that's where I kind of draw the line on a lot of these guys. Do you guys think that he can play next to Nikola Jokic? Um, it's not a natural fit by any means. Um, but... You know, I'm I'm gonna wait to say like no, he absolutely can't before like I see him at the NBA level. Um, I had Jalen Smith number three uh, on my board. I really like him too. Um, for for a bunch of the reasons Adam said, like it seems like he's gonna have two like surefire traits at the NBA level. He's gonna be able to shoot it, and he's gonna be able to block shots. Two point four blocks per game uh, last season, and like I think he could be a four, and I think he could be a five. Um, so I, I really like him. He's got size. He's got length. He's a good kid from everything I'm hearing. Six foot ten. Uh, it seems like he might go a, a little before twenty two, uh, but I, I think he's a he's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, as far as Ryan's question, I think if you can space the floor um, and play some D, then there's there's some path to you being able to play alongside Jokic. I don't know how many fours he's guarding and for how long of stretches. I think it probably depends on the matchup. I definitely see him more um, as a center. Uh, I do think if you can fill the backup center role through the draft, I don't mind that, actually. Um, I don't think that's like if you can find a good player that's just ready to go that way. I think Mm -hmm. it's a nice route. It's a cheap player. Um, And the truth is, since I've been covering this team, they haven't had a true rim projector. And Jalen Smith certainly has that potential. I had a much lower 
on this list because I think you would have to give up, I think, a, a somewhat significant piece, I think, to get into. I think he might go um, late lottery at this point. He could. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, you know, look, up, that stuff's up the board. Exactly. So, but that stuff's up for interpretation. I like Jalen Smith for Denver. Real quick, I saw my volume is too low. Is this is this better? Is this like a, a meaningfully different in any way or not really? You could probably go up a little higher. You go up a little higher like if you as, can. I think I'm about as high as it allows me to go. Is this any, is it noticeably better? Not really. Let's just get to the Poku section so you can just keep shouting. And that <laughs> I was just waiting. Scream, dude. Like, like, go up. This is a passion project for you. Come on now. I'll move my microphone closer to me. Maybe that'll help. Um, oh, there you go. So, a little better. Um, so I'm going to push back on one thing, Ryan, because this is Miroslav has been big on this. A lot of the Serbian guys have been big on this, and I actually 100% buy it. I think every player fits next to Jokic. And I know what you mean. I know what you mean here about like, so there are obviously certain guys that fill niches better, but I just, Mason Plumley was really good next to Jokic. And especially during the regular season, I get why maybe you don't run it a lot in the playoffs, right? Like there's better options there, but I, I actually think that Jalen Smith could play next to Jokic and especially in a regular season, especially if he can shoot. I think he can play that dunker spot. He doesn't absorb contact that great. But I think that's a skill that with a little bit more work on his frame, you know, he's got a great frame to him. He's he's a guy that if I look and try to think, what does he look like in two or three years? I actually think he looks pretty impressive. Like it looks like a specimen. So he's a guy that I think can play that dunker spot, can can jump out to the three point line. So I actually think he is a, a bit of a fit next to next to Jokic, even even though primarily his role would be in the backup. And then you look at it. OK, you've got Jeremy Grant. Do him and Jeremy Grant fit together? Well, they're long boys. Jalen Green, maybe not the tallest, but he's but he's got some length and mobility and, and 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 can move. And then you also even factor in. I know you can't, you would never draft for this, but you think about a bull bull fit with him. Well, it's another four spacer. That's another you know another guy uh, that that can play above the rim. I don't I don't know. I just I I think he actually kind of works, and I just think his floor is so so high. I think he's an NBA player almost certainly, um, and that's why I like him. Yeah, and and I I can totally see it. I I tend to think and I tend to be worried a lot about these teams that run the spread pick and roll that run the floor spacing with these smaller guards and with these bigger wings. Uh, Luka Doncic is coming. Uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're still here. Uh, Damian Lillard. And if, if they were to come up with a situation where they could add a guy who counters uh, Nikola Jokic a little bit better and Yusuf Nurkic, then maybe they're a little bit more of a threat because you don't have the the perimeter talent in order to stay with those guys. And I think that if, if you run into a situation where you play a bunch of bigger guys together, then they're going to be put on an island by these smaller guards, kind of like Michael Porter Jr. was put on an island by guys like Donovan Mitchell in, in the postseason this year. And I, I, I worry about that with this team uh, by adding too many big guys. We hit our first break and we come back. We'll move on to the number two one on my board. We'll kind of go through my board and then that'll probably, we'll probably end up talking about most of these guys. Then we'll go to you guys' boards. But but let's take a quick break here. On the other side, I'm excited. I'll, I'm excited for the next three picks on here. They're all, actually, next four. They're all like guys. I, it's controversial. Ryan's going to roll his eyes a lot. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. Uh, so, over the next uh, couple weeks, month, I don't know how long this contest is going on for. Uh, we are trying to sign up subscribers, new members. We are trying to get people to join the DNVR community. And us on the Nuggets beat, myself, Adam, but we're trying to get more people to sign up than Ryan and uh, Andre and Zach and Mace on the Broncos beat and so on and so forth. So if you're just listening to this show, I know we have a lot of people who uh, come into this show and have never read our content on the DNVR.com 
We have tons of written content on there across all Denver sports that, you know, goes up daily around the clock coverage of all your favorite sports. Um, so what we want you guys to do, if you're looking to sign up for a membership is uh, go to the and sign up for a subscription and use the promo code nuggets. I believe that's our promo code, right guys? And uh, when you do, you obviously give us a tally on the new members signed up. So, we can try to take down the Broncos and the Avs group, get more get people to sign up than them. And you also get a free t-shirt of your choice from uh, the DNVR locker, a free DNVR mask as well. DNVR Discord, also a lot of fun. Very fun. Yeah, you get to join the Discord. There's tons of draft talk in there, tons of trade talk in there. Uh, so it, it's an awesome community to be a member of. Uh, so again, go to thednvr.com, click the join tab, select the annual pass, and make sure you use the code NUGGETS when you sign up and uh, our Nuggets team will get credit for that. And uh, we just had a tournament on WGT, another really I cool aspect of the DNVR membership. Uh, last time I checked, I was in the top 10. I don't think the official score graphic has gone out, uh, yes, but might have made a return to the top 10. I know I was in the under 300 club on the Man, close to the challenge. It's so frustrating because you screw up one freaking one swing and the whole thing yeah. threw it. It's so I was perfect for my first two. I was within 10 feet of the both of the oh, the first two. I was so ready for it. And then just like a freaking sand trap. Yeah. Oh, by the, the way, close- we should, sorry, we should welcome uh, Cyberflow. Just signed up. Welcome to the family. <laughs> new member. All right, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, brother. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we do tournaments on WGT, World Golf Tour, the official gaming partner, DNVR. Download the game, search for the DNVR 3 Country Club. You can take on us in these tournaments. You can take on the rest of the DNVR family. Super fun. Best phone game out there, so check it out. All right. Um, so, number two on my my list here. I think it's the name I've seen the most from from Nuggets people. Kind of went up a little too far. Might not be available. Precious Achua. I like him. I think he's I think he's obviously super versatile, super, you know, brings something to the table. Um, the number one knock on him is one of my least favorite knocks you can have, which is that he's a bit of a chucker. Um, yeah. Did we lose vote? Did he turn? Oh, there he is. Oh, just took his shirt <laughs> off for a second there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> had to get naked real quick. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually... Th- I, I'm optimistic with the, his motor. Uh, I had Kristen Peak on the show uh, on Locked on Nuggets a couple days ago. She talked about how he was a guy that would like call out other players and say like that's who I want to guard. I want to shut this dude down. Like I just I think Denver's lacking one of those types of guys that takes the defensive in person uh, personally. Don't know if I'm as high on him as like a one through five guarder. I think he's definitely more of a big who can switch out and play and play on the perimeter in, in, in spurts. But I like him. I think he's a I think he's a really solid player. Probably going to go a little bit before, but I didn't factor that in. I, I you never know with this draft he could fall. Um, we'll go in reverse order here. Vote. What do you What do you thinking? Um, you know, Precious seems like a bit of a project to me, but I think you like there. It falls into this theme of just sort of like getting these athletes right. These sort of like bigger, longer, kind of like willing and engaged defenders. Um, and so I like that. I, I mean, I don't know. If, I actually don't know his wingspan off the top of my head. He looks to me like a long boy. Is that apt? Do you guys know? Oh, he's yeah. got like he's a seven-one wingspan. So yeah, yeah, it's it's around that range. He's he's just jacked. Like he he fits that mold. He so, fits that mold for sure. He's a beast. So to, man, he plays to, like a beast. 
To yeah. Ryan's point, this is a guy that I think high end of the projection you hit on this pick is a guy that could play in the playoffs one day that could guard guys in the playoffs as well. So, um, you know, I don't know how soon that happens, but th- but if that's sort of your perspective on this, like Ryan outlined, I think it's definitely within Precious's reach. There's a lot mm-hmm. of good rebounders in this draft going through it. There's yeah. a lot of guys that like and he's one of them, just tenacious on the boards. I think he would I, I, offensive rebounding, the most underrated skill from the power forward position for the Denver. Right. Dolphins, in my opinion, like that you have a guy that can hit the glass there and it makes such an impact with you next to Jokic Harrison well um there I'm not as high on precious as as you and as some people seem to be uh the three-point shooting is like a big question mark to me shot 60 percent from the line in college like 32 percent from three I think his form seems okay but that's going to take a while to come around in my opinion and um yeah, the kind of chucker label that's assigned to him is, is a little scary for me. Like, how willing is he going to be to play his role? Like, does he think he's going to be like a number one or number two guy? Or is he more willing to, you know, fill in the gaps? Uh, I, I like his energy. I like his toughness. Uh, I like his hustle, kind of like what you hit on, Adam. Um, but I don't know if I see like the the total ceiling. Hmm. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that from from that perspective, Harrison. He's a he's a guy who wasn't necessarily in the first option label for Memphis until James Wiseman was was deemed ineligible, and then then that completely changed, and he became the first option, and he was asked to take a lot of tough shots and sometimes he didn't have to take those tough shots and he took them anyway but he's a guy who i think is is a stereotypical looks worse as a first option than he does as a fourth option right and when you put him into an offense that features Jokic, murray porter and and guys of that nature and ask him to play to his strengths ask him to be the hustler ask him to be the gap filler ask him to be doing the other things outside of scoring and playmaking I think his efficiency is going to jump up. I think he's going to shine through really well. And and he's a guy who I think defensively covers for a lot of mistakes from Jokic and Porter. I think to me, the defense is one of the bigger swing factors for him. I mean, I think he has the physical tools to be a multi-positional and plus defender. Although from what I gather and from what I've seen, like is not yet a plus defender, right? So I I think if he can make himself one um, with the rebounding prowess, then he's a guy who, even if he's not a super efficient scorer, he's still a guy you feel comfortable playing in that playoff environment. So Memphis was one of the top defenses in the country this year. And and I think this is a really important point that they – they had James Wiseman as their guy, and then he only played three games, and they still, like, according to Kempom, were one of the top defenses in college basketball. And I think Precious has to take a lot of that credit. They mm. they didn't have a ton of other NBA players on that raw on that on that list. So he's he's a guy who I think is versatile enough and skilled enough and physically talented enough that you could at least make a case that he's he's not gonna be a bam out of bio at the next level, but could he fill in some of the gaps in that way? I, th- I think he probably could. Plays hard too, and I just think okay. that that like motor next to Jokic is always a great. Mm-hmm. Thing. I mean, we've talked about a lot about putting the athletes and just you know the, that types of guys around him, and I think he fits that mold. Um, next on my list, the Serbian shout out Poku. I put him on here. He's just so interesting. I mean, he's the one that I we obviously know the least about. You talk about a year stash being a great option for the Nuggets this year. That he fits that bill. He would be a year stash most almost certainly. Um, and there's enough there for me to be intrigued and excited about. I mean, he could blow up. Um, he could turn into something. 
I do. I do buy the passing. Like there's certain types of passing that I think is like less impressive or more impressive. And he does the more impressive type on the move. Um, you know, tough reads, not just wide open guys, just not basic kickouts and stuff. So um, he, he's high on that list for me, too. I wouldn't mind Denver taking him. I don't think they will. But I wouldn't if, if the Nuggets on draft night took Poku, I would be excited. Like I would be like, OK, this is something cool and exciting for the next year for us to kind of track over over in Europe. What do you think, Ryan? Well, it's at least a type. And and if you're if you're the Nuggets front office, then you definitely have a type if you're drafting Poco. And that's it makes a lot of sense. No, I, I'm with you, man. Like, I think one of the reasons why Bull Bull's passing was so impressive was because of at his size, he was able to find different angles and different ways that he could attack the middle of the lane with his passes. I think Poco has some of that, too. Uh, dribbling as as a wing, kind of maneuvering around there, seeing over the top of the defense. There are very few players who can see over the top of the defense and do the things that he can do while shooting and moving and and being as athletic as he is. So he's like you said, a project player. But at that range, if you're getting him at 22, that's a that's a slam dunk. You want to take that risk every time. Yeah, I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets took him if he was available at 22. Like. I could see them talking themselves into the into him just because of kind of their track record. And like they've sold me on taking quote unquote unique prospects. Like they, they've sold me on that. And he's like the most unique prospect in this draft, in my opinion. And uh based on them taking a shot with MPJ, based on them taking a shot with Bull, I don't think they would be adverse to drafting Poku. And I wouldn't be surprised if they took him if he was available at 22. Yeah, I'm gonna go the the hard other way from Bronco Squatch here. I'm all in on taking another draft unicorn approach thing <laughs> Me here. Too. Um, Me too. If nothing else, it's fun. It's also like I know this isn't really probably not a great perspective, but look, maybe Bull does come up in a trade. Um, well, you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. You plug an approximation right. in. You get another project. <laughs> um, town vote. <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> uh, I had Poku number one on my board because I think Poku has ceiling potential talent of like top 12, top 10-ish guy in this draft, but could very well be drafted in the vet in the very back end of the first round could fall into Denver's lap at 22 have not been able to get a consensus on where he's going it's a wide range but um at that point I think it's fun and I, and I just think you're you're Denver's Denver's getting closer and closer to this thing of like all of our guys on the court, you know, their skill sets are not necessarily predictable and yeah. Poku fits right into that and I think it's fun. I kind of buy him too. Like I, I know it's a long shot. I don't. I but he's like a maybe a sixty forty guy. You know, like will he pan out or will he just end up being drug and bender or whatever? But I, I don't know. I just kind of buy. I, I like guys that have the certain skill set. His shot looks goofy as hell to me, but I, mean, I don't know. I, there, there's certain. There, there's plenty more than enough question marks, but I, I'm buying him. The, the thing that's different about the Dragon Bender thing is you're taking him at 22 yeah, compared to sure. taking totally. him at four. Totally. Yeah. I know you can take a much bigger chance at 22. Are you, 100%. Are you, are you guys ready to get really weird? Here's where, yeah. my, here's where my board goes off the off the rails. Um, my next guy on here, I haven't heard anybody talking about, so it probably means that I'm really wrong. But in my uh, Perfect. 45 minutes of scouting this guy, Paul Reed. I'm I'm very intrigued by this guy. You with it? You with it? A hundred percent. Oh, he is. He's my guy. He would probably be in the top three of the guys like on my personal list. A hundred percent. He's I mean, so tell me, let's talk about him. Number one, he's really long. He's a long boy, too, because he's Mm -hmm. kind of like a uh, 
he he might be a little bit of the Wilson Chandler All Stars, meaning like they have the perfect body, so you like are like, oh man, that's, you know. But and he ha- he's pretty like, and and some of his skill sets are pretty raw. I think he can be a great dunker spot player. I think he can oh, yeah. be a guy that grows into putting it on the floor. Not making like he's not your primary ball handler or anything, but not a guy that you shy away from. Like, oh, we can't run DHOs with this guy or whatever. Um, great motor, it seems. Just play can play above the rim, slasher. I, to me, he seems to he seems to me like a Jokic player, a little raw. Like, I think he's going to make some head scratching plays early on in his career where he just throws it away or dribbles off his shoe and stuff like that. But I just like the the like if you if you talked about give me a mold that can grow into a very impactful player like a. Siakam's not the right player. I mean, he's no, it's Paul Millsap, dude. Paul, well, a skinnier Paul Millsap, more mobile. Like it's almost like a Millsap in Grant's body type guy. Yep. I love Paul Reed, and the reason why I love him is because he has the entire skill package that you, that you want from that position. But he also has skills that you need to cover other positions on both the offensive and defensive side of the floor. He has a little bit of ball handling. He has a little bit of rotation on defense. He can like, he can post up. He has, he has good moves there. His jump shot is a little bit janky. Don't get me wrong. Like that's, that's probably the worst uh, part of his game, but he has the ability. It won't be good. There's certain guys that you look at. I think there's some there. I mean, his, he looks, it needs to be retooled, retooled and, he need he needs yoga. He needs he needs all of that. Uh, but once once you get him into an NBA development program, I think he'll he'll learn some of those things. And again, he's one of those guys that playing as a first option on DePaul maybe looks a little bit better as a third or fourth option or a fifth option on the Denver Nuggets. And like I. I love his ability to rotate as a defensive helper. He switches onto people. He swallows up guards in that league like they're nothing. And it's the Big East. It's not like it's a bad league. Like, like he just destroys people. It's unbelievable. I'm glad you're on Ryan, board. I thought this was going to be my biggest, like, <laughs> people were no. are you, are you trading team. back for Paul Reed? Is it that? I mean, where it's do you think he goes? I, I would draft him at 22 and be comfortable with it. And the mm. reason why I would do that is because there are teams in the back half or the back end of the first round that could absolutely justify themselves taking a guy like that. I've seen him ranked anywhere from 20th to 50th in terms of like his, his overall range. And sure. it just takes one team to be really high on him to take him that high. And and I don't want to be the team that passes him up. And then he turns into Paul Wilson, Paul Millsap out of Louisiana tech and just looks like the next all-star. Uh, Bro, another you can thing just that's great about Paul him Millsap. is that the Nuggets have a lot of <laughs> they both were number four. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, the Nuggets have so much scoring, and I feel like scoring is the first thing everybody evaluates. And I'm not saying that's not important. It's obviously important for all your players to be able to score. But I feel like Denver's going to have so much scoring. I know now and going forward that you can be like, oh, but he does everything else, including guard all these multiple positions and help side. Like to me, he's a great fit that might never average more than eight points a game. Because I don't. That's the difference between him and Millsap. Is Millsap to me, Millsap could be the first option on a sixty-win team. I don't think Paul Reed ever projects. To be I I I'm I'm higher on him than you are, and that's that's okay. probably insanity that's because because I think he has it. like like fifteen point per game, eight rebound, uh, two steals, two blocks type. Like maybe maybe not you that high on that on that end of the range. Higher. Oh no, he he is a guy who I'm gonna stake my draft claim to him. Like you didn't I'm, have I'm gonna him stake- very high on your list, did you? I when I just uh, it today, yeah, you had a low. I have you had him, him in tier four. 
Well, he, okay, so those are guys that you you'd be happy with at twenty two. Like, there's there's a reason why. Like, I, I move some guys down I have because you're higher. I think okay because like I said, like I I, I prefer the wings. I think that you mm. you want to get a plug and play guy who will who will be very happy with that. But if you think that Paul Reed is a guy who can play next to Nikola Jokic. If you think that he's a guy who can survive in a Porter Reed Jokic configuration, you just draft him at 22 and you'd be happy about it. That's, that's what I named that tier. Um, okay. Harrison. I really like Paul Reed, but I just can't get there um, on his jumper. I mean, it just like looks so crooked, so broken. I, he, I think he was a decent foul shooter in college, like 70 something percent. But I mean, I just don't like the idea of taking a guy like that who you're going to really need to work with him on his three-point shooting. That being said, you know, Denver's got enough shooters and can potentially have enough shooters where that might not matter as much. Um, But I I like the athleticism. I like the defensive potential. And um, I I think he's going to be like – at the very worst, an off-the-bench guy who could give you like 15 minutes for his NBA career, you know? Jokic also loves hitting long cutters, and he kind of project like he's just so mobile. I, I think he would be one of like like a Jeremy Grant type where like you throw that lead pass to him and he's catching it every time mm-hmm. and with you know the little fade routes. I mean, anytime you're you're talking about a guy who you probably lead the description with, you know, freak athlete at the forward position. <laughs> at you know potential or budding versatility defensively like all right i'm in right that's the kind of guy who who at the very bare minimum can sort of scratch low end rotation kind of status and also while this isn't how i would frame it per se i do think like the idea of adding a body type that you look at as a grand approximation more so defensively than offensively of course um even if it's a project, I mean, it's something you want to prepare for is 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 not having Grant. And while Reed wouldn't fill that that role next year or anything, um, it, you just kind of get a, a body type like that back in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. I also think he's a quick jumper. You know, some of these guys are power jumpers and slower jumpers or whatever, but I think he's like a quick. I just I think he would work in the dunker spot even without being able to shoot. And then you talk about one of the nice things about having building around Jokic is you already have the hardest position to be, to stretch the court with stretching the court. Like he's, he, he, you're, he's already outside. You got Michael Porter, you got Jeremy Grant, uh, you know, maybe you have bowl bowl. Like you've already got all these guys that go outside. So maybe you end up with, you can afford to have a handful of players that don't stretch the court. If they check all those other boxes, I think he does. Well, that's good. That was my hail Mary one. Um, next one on my list, Mike Singer's brought this up. He's, he's, this feels like maybe there's a little momentum here. Isaiah Stewart, he's f- five on my board. All right, very available. I think he'll be there at 22, so I think that that's part of this equation here. He seems to me like Derek Favors when I watch him. That's the comp I come up with. It's kind of like a str- really long wingspan, really long arms, not quite, not quite as tall as you'd think. Big, strong guy, just a big, burly guy. He's got like a big chest, some wide shoulders. Um, he's another guy that I think might be able to play the dunker spot. Um and then just does a bunch of things well. Um, let's start with you this time, Vote. What's your Isaiah Stewart take? Yeah, I think the favors comp <clears throat> is what I had in mind. So, um, you know, like it, it's a limited player type, but it's a guy that you could see cracking a rotation, a guy yeah. that you could see sort of shoring up defense. Um, I think I see him more as a backup player, uh, but I think look, so, I, mean, I think he's a backup player. I think for sure he's he's I think he's definitely that seven four wingspan. I mean, look, I'm okay. Like, 
if you if you're just talking about adding size on the interior, rebounding, rim protection, just size in general. I mean, I know some of these guys are a little limited, like as athletes, a little stationary dudes. Um, but I'm okay with that. You know, I, like you are looking for some backup guys that just have size at some point. Stewart, I think, is sort of a, a much safer pick here, um, but he's someone I was taking a look at as well. Here's my scary thing about Isaiah Stewart. I think the thing that he needs most is playing experience because I think like he has a lot of individual skills, but he lacks the feel and just like sort of that stuff. And that's the one area I don't know how you develop him in Denver because he's not going to he's not going to play. They don't have the G League, you know, like that part of it. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Bo. Well, I just like um, KOC. One of his comps for him was uh, Demontis Sabonis without the passing. That's just like oh, so. Then to not to Monte Sabonis, Steph Curry okay. without the shooting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with that. I think he did show a couple of flashes as a passer. Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't insane. It wasn't Demontis Sabonis level. But he's a guy who, if if you put him into a spread prick and roll as the center, then he can probably make a lot of those reads. He's he's a big burly tank rolling down the middle of the lane. And and if he doesn't get the shot up or if he doesn't make the pass, then he'll he'll rebound whatever miss you put up there because he's a big physical beast who will will do a lot of those things. So I mean he falls into that category again of like I'm not sure if he plays next to Jokic and I'm not sure if Denver wants to do that. Like because they there are better ways to optimize Jokic than than to put a big hulking mass in the in, at the front of the rim, in my opinion. Mm. Is he athletic enough to to, to play in this day and age in the modern NBA because I don't know a ton about Isaiah Stewart, but I mean, six foot nine, two fifty. this guy is massive. Uh, yeah. he, obviously he's going to battle on the boards. Uh, he's obviously, obviously going to be a force in the paint, but does he have a modern game? It's a great question. I do think he's a little bit more traditional. I mean, that's why the Derek yeah. favors comp, but the other thing is, I don't think you plan on building for the Lakers in the draft because those players are going to take so so long. But I do think when you look at how, just how the Lakers were able to bully people, I think he's a guy that might fit that mold, right? Like he's not going to get pushed around very much by some of your bigger players. He's going to he talk about this guy might be the most aggressive on the offense. I don't it would be interesting to ask cuz there's so many good offensive rebounders. He might be mm-hmm. number 1 in terms of like just how how hard he goes after him. Like he almost Moses Malone style where he like runs out of crowd and like jumps and like everybody mm-hmm. bounces off him because he's just so big and strong. So he's a guy that I think, at least in that regard, who knows if he can move his feet on the perimeter at the NBA level. I mean, that would be, that would be a really yeah. tough one, but at least on, in terms of inside between him and Jokic, I just think you would out physical a lot of people, a lot of teams. All right. I have, I have other bigs I had oh, of him. Okay. Well, let me, let's get through here. I got, that's my top five. Let's keep the next one for me here. Leandro Balmero. Interesting one here. He's another one that's a, stra- a stash. He's another one that so like he he's already signed committed to Barcelona. So he would get another yeah. year in Europe playing at a very high level um before coming over to the NBA. I don't I like his game. I mean, I know it's the lazy comp to call, say he reminds you of like a a a, a Mataransky. Say it with Mataransky, okay. <laughs> but he's got like that like the the Manu sort of like hesitation dribble. He's got those long strides, like long like hips, flexible hips, throws a lot of one-hand passes. I don't know, I kind of like it. I mean, I love guys that can pass, and he has he has some really, really nice passing. Um yeah. wing player could could end up coming over and being a very good like bench Will Barton, almost Will Barton-esque role. Um that's why I like him. I don't have a great take on him because I 
I think that Denver needs somebody that they can add into the pipeline and feel pretty good about their chances over the next two to three years. And if you're already taking off year one and then he needs to get adjusted in year two, uh, it just, it to me, it seems like despite the fact that you want those guys to be around for the rest of the prime, like you, you got to get, you've got a really good chance now. Like you might yeah. as well go for it. Right. Yeah, I, I I like Bomaro. I mean, six seven point guards don't grow on trees, and just like his passing and his feel for the game is, I think is could be pretty special. And also, if you're ever going to take a draft and stash, I know we don't see a lot of draft and stashes in the first round, but this would be the year to do it. I, I think rookies are just going to be at such a steep learning curve this That's season. Thing, yeah. Like, unless you're a plug and play option, I think it's going to be a really tough year for rookies. There's going to be less practice time this season. It's a condensed schedule. No like a, a weird training camp. There's no summer open gym period. Like what usually happens is you get drafted, you know, in June, you're in that same city. You're in that market that drafts you for the next two months, three months before training camp even starts, just playing pickup against the rest of your teammates. That's not the case this year. So I think a lot of rookies are going to struggle. And, you know, it kind of sucks from like uh, the position of people covering a team. It's kind of sucks for the fan base when you take a draft and stash, but this could be the year to do it. Yeah, I don't have a great feel for this guy, but I understand him to be much more of a a very big guard than any type of sort of wing player, at least to this point in his career. I don't know what he would be in the NBA, in part because this is a potential guard who is waiting for a jump shot to develop slash that might never happen. Um, So that's a little concerning, makes it sort of a project and and. you know, not necessarily just a type of player Denver needs right now, but he's available and he's a stud playmaker. So the idea of adding one of those into, you know, what was once Jokic ball is always fun. Let's take a, another quick break here to get through our last little break of ads here. But on the other side, Josh Green is coming up. Very interesting prospect for a couple different reasons. Let's take a quick break. Let's race through this break. Let's see if you can get it done in one minute, Harrison. I don't don't think our sponsors are going to be too pleased with that. (laughs) Uh, So we just had Halloween. I I know Adam was eating a lot of hot tamales. Uh, Was eating a lot of, I don't know, exclusively milk chocolate. No other type of chocolate. But you guys could probably, you know, use a check-in from the dentist. You could probably use a teeth cleaning. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Everybody out there listening could probably hit up Green Mountain Dental Group right now. We all need to get our teeth cleaned, especially after Halloween. Uh, They're giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. They are located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Get hooked up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Uh, And also, guys, like something I've realized, uh, I've realized this over the last several months, but when you work at a bar, there are some rough uh, morning afters. You know, <laughs> okay. We're at the bar late night. This was the case during the playoffs. You know, we usually stick around and have a couple beers, talk about the game. The morning after is tough, especially at, at my old age. Uh, but Strava Craft Coffee is always there the next morning. They're always reliable. You know, you just make a cup of Strava Craft Coffee, that hangover goes right away. Uh, it's packed with CBD. It's also been known to help cure long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, and you know, it's nice for that morning after. Uh, so check out Strava Craft Coffee today. You guys can get 20% off any product that you are subscribing to with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription when you use the code DNVR20. 
Not bad, Harrison. Not bad. Um, okay, so Josh Green is on my list here. He's a Gary Harris comp. A little bit longer of a Gary Harris. I think longer. elite defender. You talk probably the best, one of the best defenders in this entire draft, um, especially like out on the perimeter. And I have heard that he has been in Las Vegas since March, basically, or April. And he has um, really, as much as any player, made improvements. And I know that's tough to say. You know, it, oh, this is the equivalent of oh, he looked great in workouts, right? Well, we have a better sample mm-hmm. size, but this is the one year where actually that might factor in a little bit heavier. It's been eight months since you know since March, so the, a lot of these guys, you would expect that they have actually made improvements. If you're 19 years old, you know you're basically an entire year older now, almost an entire year older than you were when you when these guys last saw you play. And if he's been working out with reputable trainers, a bunch of other players, there's a handful of these draft players that have all been out there working out. And by all accounts, he has made the most improvements. Now, where does he need to make improvements? His shot. If he was a shooter, then he becomes this elite prospect. If he was like a great or a reliable three-point shooter, he's an elite prospect because he's such a good on-ball defender. He's got good size. And then he's got an offensive skill that you can kind of go to. He is a good slasher. Um, Anyway, so Josh Green, I'm not as high on him in in part because I think you also have to trade up to get him. But if he was at 22 and Denver took him, I I think he'd actually end up being a Gary Harris-esque player, which is really good value for 22. I think he'll be there at 22 or or ballpark. I actually do. Um, I love the pick. A ton of catch-and-shoot potential. I mean, he was a somewhat reliable shooter in college. Whether he will be in the NBA, I think, is a different question. Um, I think he's I not saw gonna, that he had, like, if you cut his season in the first half and back half, the numbers were so wildly different. Mm, so maybe, I mean, yeah. this is not a guy who's going to be shooting um, on-ball. Doesn't really have a ton of on-ball skills. Uh, he's not going to be shooting a ton off-movement. Um, but catch-and-shoot stationary, like open in the corner, I think he's got that in his bag. Agreed, that's the big swing factor, Adam. I mean, there's other things you could get to, like can he ever develop a pull-up game and stuff, but that's icing on the cake. I think the swing factor the is that particular can... is what I've heard, uh, uh, like that he looks like a shooter. <laughs> this is right, so and I think that's the big thing. I think there's yeah. a, a really good chance you've got a traditional 3 and D like guard wing who I think – can um can get out there to guard the threes a lot more comfortably than Gary did. Um and if he is knocking down those threes, then he's definitely that that Gary sort of approximation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got Josh Green second on my board. I think he'd be a great get at 22. Um, he could be the Gary Harris replacement. Like I could see yourself, myself talking myself into that. And he's like so projectable, I feel like, which is a little rare for like a 19-year-old guy who only spent one season in college. But you can just really project him, I feel at least, as a 3 and D wing. I'm a believer in the shot. And I'm also a believer in the defense because – like Josh Green is huge. He's like 215 pounds, six foot six. He, he's bigger than Gary Harris. Obviously, much bigger than Gary Harris when he came into the league. His background is so interesting, too. He was like a prodigy in uh, Australian rules football. He's from Australia and he like looks like an Australian rules football player. He is a big dude. Uh, so I really like Josh Green. Dude, the Australian, I know I want to hear from Ryan, but the Australian pipeline thing is also a legitimate angle here. Like that would be super fun. We've got the Serbian base. I think the Aussies probably the next 
biggest base that I'm aware of outside of uh, Denver in the U.S. So it'd be really, really cool to have a genuinely talented Australian who, by the way, like as far as his development goes, strictly an off ball, like shooter slasher defender for now. But this was a five star recruit out of high school who had to deal with two soldier surgeries. So in a world in which he stays healthier, maybe he plays two seasons in college. Do we start to see him adding skills, opening that skill set up? Um, I think he's a more talented guy than the way we described him. I just think that's the sort of safe projection um, for, for did, a guy who can fill a role. Did my mic go down again? Can, is is no, it no, now, now it sounds like you're oh, screaming. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm t- I think I solved what it is. I think it's every time I that comment. Um, I, I think it's every time that I play the song because it's going through the same input. The StreamYard readjusts what the volume levels is and lowers my mic super low. Mm-hmm. So because it was sounding good earlier, then somebody tells me it's back down to low. So I don't know what's going on. I do have a microphone here. People look at me. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you need to talk a little bit softer. It's OK. It's okay. <laughs> um, give us your take, Ryan. Uh, so he's a guy who I would be a little bit concerned about if he doesn't add more to his game, yeah. then he goes the route of a, a Wesley Matthews in today's NBA. You, you could see a Wesley Matthews in 2015 being extremely impactful because that was a role that was a little bit more impactful at that time. But everybody has to be able to shoot. Everybody has to be able to yeah. dribble. Everybody has to be able to pass. Especially and, guards. Yeah, especially guards. Especially if he's if he's going to play two. If he's going to be your starting two guard. Yeah, shooting guard. Uh, yeah, you, you, need, you need somebody who can do a lot of different stuff. And the good news about him is I think he can develop into that. He's actually a really good cutter. And he's a he's a guy who's a high IQ mover off the ball. And if you can add a guy like that to Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., those guys can find an, an off ball mover really well. And he has a little bit of extra size to to get some shots up in the lane that, that Gary Harris probably just can't do it right now. Next guy on my list, Sadiq Bay. Talk about a guy that can shoot. So here's here's some adding some shooting to uh to your lineup. Six foot eight, two hundred sixteen pounds, and then he's got that Villanova pedigree, which means a lot to me mm. because I think high high IQ players are just like uh, the value for that goes up more. It seems every year as the NBA becomes a smarter and smarter league. Uh, I think he kind of projects to be that. Um, ball is popping type guy. I'm kind of high on him. I think he's a really good player, Ryan. Uh, I, I've compared him to a six foot seven to six eight Josh Hart. Yeah, and I think they're they another Villanova guy. Uh, did you guys know that Josh Hart averaged 28 minutes a game this year? Like, I did not know that. It's kind. Of, it's it's obvious, obviously that's kind of off the wall, but like he's a guy who quietly went under the radar as a really really impactful piece for the Pelicans this year. And he's not going to be in the forefront. He's not going to be a star, but he could be a very interesting complimentary piece. And that's kind of how I think of Sadiq Bey. I think of him as a guy who could play next to Porter, who could play next to Grant, who could play next to Jokic. He can fill a lot of different roles and do them all pretty well, be that jack-of-all-trades type of, that every team needs. Yeah. I've got Sadiq Bey fourth on my board. I um, can see it. I really like him. One uh, NBA skills coach that that I talked to a lot about prospects told me he's by far the best shooter in the first round. Like it's just clearly wow. him. Isn't there somebody shooting fifty percent like at the top of yeah, this draft? Aaron Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> That's nuts. This, yeah, this <laughs> this guy said uh, Sadiq Bay is, is the best shooter available in the first round. Um, 
I, it's funny, you're talking about the, uh, the comp, Ryan, I think there's a little potential for him to be like the next PJ Tucker, like Sadiq Bay is like six, seven, six, eight. He's big. He's like 215, 220. I could see him being like more of a four or five, to be honest, like a stretch four or five that can rebound, that can stretch the floor and, and kind of be like a little bit of the PJ Tucker type. But, you know, he'll probably come into the league as more of the three, four. He can knock down shots, an ultra high IQ player. And another thing I love about him, he's, he's kind of got like an old man's game. Like he's not super athletic, but he's so under control, takes good shots. He's also a bit of like a point forward where he looks to get his teammates involved. Great at passing out a double team. So uh, I think there's a lot to like there. Um, anything vote or not really? Uh, yeah, if if Vassal's off the board, like which he would be, I think a team would be thrilled to get a Sadiq Bay. I don't think he has the offensive potential that he, that he does, but just like a guy that can shoot, that's a great defender. Um, uh, yeah, I just think that's a uh, and a guy who's going to be fifth, like maybe 15, 16, I think. Like if you're Denver, you could maybe trade up to get him without talking about giving up a foundational piece. <laughs> I have to go a squatch on this one. I'm not sure I see the five. He's super strong. He can rebound um, like him and bowl together at the four five where it's like yeah. they're just both kind of comboed. In. He's six, eight. Definitely. Every time I mention bowl, bowl, Ryan goes like this, like you're not buying bowl, bowl. I can tell I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's funny that, that he has suddenly worked his way into your future projection <laughs> despite the fact that he played like six minutes like like i i love i love the idea of bowl yeah, yeah, yeah. like that that idea yeah, has manifested into much more you're not wrong <laughs> um all right last one on my actually i got one and then i have an honorable mention xavier tillman i know a lot of people are higher on him i think than than i am i think he's a really good player i mean people have compared him to like even draymond i've seen like people get crazy I'm, but some of this is probably just the Michigan State connection, but he does look like a really high IQ defender. Um, like he can do a lot of different things. I'm just a little bit lower on his ability to be the, as impactful on that end at the NBA level that that he was maybe in college. So, um, but I do I do like all of the pieces there. I just think there's a chance that he ends up being a try a I mean, more of a try hard than an impactful defensive player. So I'm a little bit lower on him in that way, right? Uh, one thing that you're probably going to like about him is he's an excellent passer. He's probably yeah. the best big man passer in this draft. Yep. And he's a guy who I can see operating in that Daniel Tice role, where, where if you surround him with elite perimeter talent and ask him to fill a narrow role and make the right play, he's going to do that at a starter caliber level at the NBA, at, at the next level. Uh, whether he can play next to Nikola Jokic and be an impactful player in that mold, I'm not sure. But he's a guy that I would take a chance on to fill that role more than somebody like Isaiah Stewart, more than somebody like Jalen Smith. I think that he will be a foundational defense, not a foundational defender, but he will raise the, the team defense on the next team that he plays for. Mm. Yeah, I've got Tillman eighth on uh, on my board right now. I like him. I just don't see like him having that high of a ceiling. Like I, I think he could be a career backup who plays like 20 minutes a game, but he could be in the league for like 10 to 12 years. And if you can get that guy at 22, like that's not bad. Uh, yeah. So I, I like Tillman. I think he's got a lower ceiling, but a, a pretty high floor. 
there's a chance too that uh, it may not be that Tillman can't shoot, rather that he simply does not. Um, there are some promising numbers from the open gym uh, shooting numbers that I saw recently released. Uh, he looked like he shot really well. I mean, those those numbers are a little noisy. You're not taking open shots in an NBA game, but there's more there's more potential as Tillman as a pick and pop threat, probably from inside the perimeter rather than outside. Then maybe those shooting numbers would imply at first glance. Um, a little scared of a guy who I think to me looks like a center who's only 6'8", but I guess he's long, knows where he's going, knows where he has to be. So um, smarter people than I are high on him, and, and he's definitely on my board. Well, honorable mention, the guy that I had out, out just outside my top 10 in large part because he's going to go too high, I think, but Patrick Williams intrigues me quite a bit. Um, I think he probably costs too much for what the risk he would be, wor- be worth. But yeah. um, but he's kind of an interesting one, power forward, maybe, maybe a 3-4, you know, can guard multiple positions very good help side defender had a steep growth curve as his his freshman season um so he's a guy that i don't know he, he intrigues me a little bit but again i think he would actually cost a real asset to move forward i don't think you can like throw Cade debates diop into a trade and <laughs> move up to get him or anything like that future second yeah so the the physical comp for him at the next level is either og ananobi or Kawhi yeah. leonard Hmm. And and when you talk yeah, about yeah, great physical guys, tool. I mean, he's yeah. he definitely checks the the box for great physical. Sorry, we're profile. talking Patrick Williams, right? Yeah. To be yes, clear. correct. And like he he may not develop those skills that you need to be a Kawhi Leonard, and he's not going to be Kawhi Leonard. Let's be clear. But but he did show some off the dribble game flashes. He's a guy at Florida State who, like, he was a willing backup and a a guy who was willing to fill the role for his team to win and be be successful and. I, I like guys like that, even even if they don't necessarily show their own individual stats really well. Like he he's a guy who his mentality is in the right place. And if you give him a couple of years to develop, he might have a Jalen Brown kind of development curve as mm. somebody who, wow, hey, he kind of kind of flashed out out of out of nowhere out there. And that would be pretty interesting for me next to a guy like Porter, next to a guy like Jokic, anybody who's six eight and, and could do the things that he does, like I'm I'm down. Yeah. Um, vote. Uh, am I talking Williams or can I? I actually just wanted to mention some go, names. Yeah, go through. Yeah, let's let's clean up. So our honorable list mention names. I know one guy I'm a little higher, a lot higher on the new Adam is Desmond Bain. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty was, low on him. I was curious for you and and Ryan's thoughts on uh, Killian Tilly if you have him. And then um, this is just sort of a fun like. I don't think this would be a necessarily great result, but Tyler Bay, just because we're talking about pipelines mm-hmm. and it would fun to have the Colorado one. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily a huge reach. I mean, he's not the best guy that could be available at 22, but I think he's an NBA caliber player. Uh yeah, starting with Desmond Bain, he's a guy in in that tier who I think would help the Nuggets out immediately. And and he may not be the best defender at the next level. He may not be the best everything at the next level, but he's going to do everything at the next level. And those are guys like I I look at the playoffs and I look at what what things have trended in which direction. And, and I I like guys who can do everything. I like guys who can fill different roles, wear different hats. And he's a guy like that who I think if he shoots forty percent from three, he's going to be an extremely impactful player and he has the capability to do that um killian tilly is off my board because he has so many injury concerns Mm. at the college level that i'm not sure he's a guy that i would want to take a chance on and i i would be a little bit concerned trying to play him next to Jokic because i just don't see the defensive tools there Uh, but he is an offensive player as as a guy who could be a backup for Jokic, like I can see them wanting to do that. 
I wouldn't draft him at 22. Um, but Tyler Bay, like I, I'm down for Tyler Bay. I think he's great. And I think he would be an impactful defender. Uh, he's a guy kind of like not, not necessarily perfect comp for Precious Achua and Paul Reed, but like he's a more of a wing based defender who can defend one through five. Like, I think that that is something that he will do at the next level. I know Sam Vecini is a little bit lower on him, actually a lot lower on him, but like, I like Tyler Bay. I think he's going to be an impactful player and he's a good rebounder. So like, if you're, if you're looking to counteract Jeremy Grant's lack of rebounding, then Tyler Bay could fill that void. Mm-hmm. Harrison, who else are on your, on your board that we haven't talked about? I think the only guy that's not uh, that we haven't talked about, and, and I've hit on this guy a little is Robert Woodard out of Mississippi mm. state. I just really like this guy and he doesn't have a lot of pub, but he's like a fringe first rounder. I think like most people are projecting him to go like 25 to 35. Um, but he's six, seven with a seven, one wingspan. I, I think he's going to be able to defend like, uh, like stronger wings and even a little bit of quicker guys too. And his shot looks good to me. I, I just feel like he's a sleeper. That's going to carve out a role. I don't have, have a take on, on him. Do we have thoughts on Neesmith? I mean, Wind, I know you, I think you did that profile. Too high. I think he's projected to go so high, though. I mean, mm. isn't, most he's in a lottery for most of these. Yeah. He? And Neesmith is like a, a projected mid-first round pick. He's the guy who's shooting like around 50% from three this year, or who so, shot around 50% from three. But it seems like that's the only thing he really does right now. Like People think he's going to be a good defender. People think he could develop an off the dribble game, but he's strictly just going to be a shooter, I think. So, at least immediately. Jaden McDaniels is interesting here because I always talk about like shot selection is one of the most important things to me. And he is, I think, the worst of everybody on this on this big board. Like he has some really impressive like fluidity and just moves and footwork. Like, certain things he does, you go like, oh, that's a high level, sort of like a, a really great foundation to build off of. But the, the type of bad shots he takes are so bad that sometimes I look at him and I go like, that's unfixable. There's some types of bad shots that I look at and go, it takes a specific type of person to take that terrible of a shot. So that's why I don't like him. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on Jaden McDaniels as, as a Nuggets helpful rotation player because I just don't see the path where he is effective on the offensive end. Uh and, and not taking the same types of shots that Michael Porter wants to take. And Michael Porter's just more talented taking those type of shots. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, exactly it's just not like, it. yeah. like, like, like if you, if I, I, the Marquise Chris comp is right there. It's, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to uh, Jesus. I was listening to uh, Sam Vecini and Tony Jones on the, uh, on a podcast just yet last night. And they were talking about Michael Porter and how he has the mind frame that he should shoot every time. And he might be right. <laughs> like that's, the, that's Michael Porter in a nutshell. Like he has terrible shot yeah. selection, but he might be good enough to have terrible shots. That, that, that game sick shot, dude, is uncool. An all timer. That's why they won. <laughs> why they won that game <laughs> he won the game for them and it was off of a very very he was terrible open when shot i saw him and then he wasn't open when well, he some, shot it something but... told me to shoot it he said right. <laughs> um ryan you want to give us any other names that you have on here that you that you really like realistic that, that you like yeah uh he may not drop to them, but Tyrese Maxey is a guy that deserves mm, mention. Yeah. Uh, he's a small guard who gets Kyle Lowry comps for a good reason. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't built up his body quite yet, but he's a, a a little bit of a jitterbug point guard who makes winning plays. Uh, could probably play shooting guard at the next level because he's he's just like 
I think that you could you could see him in a backcourt with a guy like a Fred Van Vliet because of the way that he's going to fight. He's going to get into the teeth of the defense, and I think he's going to look a lot better with a spaced floor. Uh, I like guys like that. Don't you feel like the sort of um, playmaking floor generalship of Lowry, though, is a bit of a stretch for him? I mean, he he seems to oh, me yeah. as a guy who makes makes decent reads, but is as maybe more of a secondary playmaker, Tyrese. Lowry was a guy who uh, – it didn't start that way when when yeah. he was when he got into the league and it just it just it sometimes it takes time and, and he might not be like that immediately coming out of this draft but if you have a guy who can get to a spot all the time who's very comfortable hitting the pull up three hitting the pull up two uh, can get all the way to the rim can really make those winning plays and take charges and and do the things that it takes to win a championship like I, I'll take that guy any day. Um, well, this was fun. This is a good exercise. I'm excited for the draft all week. Obviously, going to be digging into this and, and going through players. But I feel like this was a good baseline. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, and I have no problem with this. I always say it takes almost – there's people that are draft people because they spend that much time on it. It's always funny to me, too, when I go to – you know, when I talk to the front office casually after a draft or this or that, and you sit down and talk to them, and there's – more often than not, they'll be like, yeah, man, like the consensus amongst people is always so far off of what's consensus within our group. And I think that's fair. Like to really scout – these guys do this stuff eight hours a day for eight months of the year. Like they're scouting. This is like the main piece of the job. So I would never be – so tied to my own takes on this thing to think course, like, oh, yeah. me and my two weeks of prep have really going to outdo <laughs> Tim Conley and the entire staff of professionals doing this. Hey, I read said, the Steppy in a lot this week. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's some great resources out there, though, including obviously what, what Ryan's doing at Denver Stiffs, including what we have behind the paywall over at the DNVR.com, where it was some like 10 or 15 profiles up. We're probably going to have another 10 or 15 this week. Tons and tons of these profiles, very digestible, easy to read and get the bullet point kind of notes about them so you get familiar with who these guys are. Um, but throughout this week, I, the reason I wanted to do this today is we'll probably do another one of these. I saw somebody asked if we're going to post, post this on the app. We will probably post, or, or not probably, we'll certainly post our big board on um, Tuesday heading into the draft. So you can see like right now, like we said, this is all fluid. This is going to change over the next week as we really get more information and more details about these guys. But going into the draft, we will publish our, our, our big board. And also we're going to have a live draft show. It's going to be like a four hour special. We're going to be live on draft night. It's going to be so much fun on a guest ryan's gonna be there he's gonna uh join us uh, at some portion of it to kind of talk about it we're gonna um george carl's gonna be on we got an all-star cast of people that are gonna be on our on that live show so we're building up towards that and we're gonna have a great time next wednesday so thanks everybody Did you just compare me to george carl that's great <laughs> i'm here for it let's go <laughs> thanks everybody for tuning in guys we'll, we will see you all next time oh now i have to figure out how to get out of here i'm smiling at him just so you know for the oh answer. thank you man so I've got to admit, I was a little cautious before I took my class online with MSU Denver online this last summer. I hadn't been enrolled in a class in forever uh, since my undergrad at University of Colorado. I didn't know if I was going to be committed to it. I didn't know if I was going to like it, to be quite honest. But the fact that MSU Denver online has been teaching class online forever, the fact that these teachers are totally comfortable teaching through a computer. And in this day and age, that's really our only option for education. That made it an incredible experience. And I honestly can't recommend MSU Denver Online uh, any more uh, than I do to anybody who's looking to go back to school, get their degree, go to college for the first time. 
It's a great option. It's affordable. It's not going to break your bank. And the teachers, like I said, they've been teaching online forever. So they know how to get the information across to you in a really engaging manner. Check out their entire course list at msudenver.edu backslash online. It's a great option for anyone, no matter what type of student you are. And hey, online education, it's really the only option we have these days. So you might as well go back to school get an education through the people who have been doing it online forever.